He stepped out of the shadows, raised his wrist, and checked the time. Twenty minutes after eleven. Her window had been dark for more than a half hour. She was a sound sleeper. She went to bed early, got up early. Sometimes she cried out while she slept. Each morning, driving a shabby Chevrolet, she left the ground floor flat with her small, blonde son. Each evening, she returned, always carrying brown paper grocery sacks. When she walked, she swung her hips and moved her shoulders, offering silent invitation. Everyone could see her harlot's walk. Everyone knew. He stepped back to stand close beside the trunk of a sycamore tree. Motionless, he was invisible in the night. Even if they walked along the sidewalk, they'd never see him. Deep in the dark shadows, he was part of the night. But few walked this late. Tomorrow night, none would walk. By tomorrow, in the whole city, only the brave would walk after dark. The brave and himself, and the men with guns. Tomorrow night, the men with guns would prowl the darkness. Would they bring dogs? Once, he'd read, they'd used their dogs. He turned to study the building, a shabby stucco structure three stories high, one flat to each floor. The grounds were ill-kept, the buildings needed paint. It was a low-income neighborhood, a tree-shaded California ghetto built in the midst of the city's affluence, offering shelter to students and the urban poor. In this area, each house directly adjoined the one next door with no space between. Ragged lawns grew front and back. The grass was littered with children's abandoned toys and sun-scorched advertising circulars. Last night, he tried the back. The fences and attached buildings had formed a dangerous maze. Discovered, he would have been trapped. Tonight, he must try the front. Every day, every night, something new was required. He knew, he listened, he obeyed. Last night, the fences had endangered him. Tonight, in front, the danger would be people. But soon, he would have the key. With the key, he could enter the basement. The key was the key to the key, like a rose was a rose. Still standing in deep shadow, he glanced once more up and down the quiet street. Most of the windows were darkened. Most people slept. Turning back to the house, he drew from his pocket a pair of surgical gloves. As he began walking through the shadows, he slipped on the gloves. The shadows took him to the small front porch. In his right hand, he held a thin metal probe. In his left hand, he held a switchblade knife. The knife was new. Close by, a car door slammed. Voices burbled in the darkness, suddenly laughing all together. He turned, watched, waited. They were students at play. Their sounds were always the same. He transferred the knife to his teeth, gripped the doorknob with his left hand. With his right hand, he inserted the spring steel probe in the door jamb. He could feel the lock. One quick thrust and the lock sprung open. The door swung free until it rattled against a night chain. In the darkness, he smiled. For the chain, he could doubtless thank himself. Throughout the city, people were buying night chains. And guns. And dogs. He dropped the probe into his pocket and took the knife in his right hand. He snapped open the blade, then slid the knife inside. 
Sliding across the floor, the knife made just enough noise in the silence. Another car door slammed. Voices were close, dangerously close. He rose quickly from his crouch to stand flattened against the stucco, listening. These new voices were quieter, older. He looked over his shoulder. If they came to this building, he would move silently into the shadows. But they were going next door. Their voices died away. He gripped the doorknob and softly drew the door closed. For tonight, the time had come to go. He'd leave the knife for her, for them, because he'd promised them a warning, all of them. This third time, he'd promised them a warning, her and all the rest, ipso.